Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone. I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stead. And we're here to talk about Pain in the Rain, October 9th, 1999, in National Park, New Jersey. That's right, a new place that they're wrestling. Yeah, it starts outside and it stays outside. It's a football field of what I'm assuming is a high school. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, It could either be high school or, like, just that one person is just incredibly wealthy. You don't know why he's incredibly wealthy, but he's just got a massive yard. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I knew it was a football field because they have the, the tea thing up. I'm, not, it, I'm clearly not a football fan, but... I wouldn't put it past someone in New Jersey having full-size tea things <laughs> in yeah. their garden. Yeah, I mean, people in New Jersey own tigers, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. But this was so exciting. I mean, we're, we're in a new venue in New Jersey, and uh, you can tell that the show is delayed. There's a vibe in the audience as soon as the show starts here, and it's raining. Uh, People in the crowd are, like, uh, on chairs resting on a grass field, which all look sort of, (laughs) like, slumped into the ground. Uh, There's umbrellas up in the crowd. There's jackets. uh, And that's how we start our show. Uh, I just got to say, I was just so excited to get a change of uh, scenery here. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's very refreshing, and I agree. The atmosphere had that of what I imagine... uh, post slash Guns N' Roses show had where you don't know whether Axl Rose is going to show up so mm. the audience is tetchy because it's getting later and later it's, the weather's very bad and yeah there's yeah. people who are already yelling their kids have school tomorrow I'm imagining yeah and they've been out for too long <laughs> and then that's why the, the beginning of this show it's great because I, I thought we did a good episode last week uh, making a chicken salad out of chicken shit if you will uh, with just how boring it was. But this episode, is there's just so much to talk about. Uh, and the beginning of it is one of the all-time hilarious bad indie show beginnings <laughs> to a wrestling show. So the announcer, for the first time uh, in CCW that we know of, uh, has, brings out recording artist Sherry Leanne Drock uh, to sing the national anthem. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know if she's a real recording artist if she is. <laughs> I'm sorry you're associated with 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 the with CZW, but no, it was it was bizarre. It like it was very odd that they were doing a national anthem. Um but I felt patriotic for the first time in my life. Yeah, this was very patriotic. Uh but but Sherry Leanne Drock, I thought maybe it was like a celebrity I'd never heard of, maybe like a member of a pop band or whatever. It looked like a child. Like, it looked like she went to the high school that this field was being recorded on. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, the crowd wasn't drunk enough that they were making, like, lewd comments or anything. But she just sang the national anthem from beginning, <laughs> beginning to end. And it was actually, if I'm going to judge a national anthem singing, pretty good. Yeah, I'd say it's uh, slight, slightly above Fergie. Um <laughs> But I don't know if it's as good as the Jimi Hendrix cover. But yeah, I mean, even people in New Jersey, you know, they you stand for the flag and you respect the anthem. You res- you got to get, have the flag, the anthem, and then you get your ultraviolence, and you you know you've got to respect that. Mm-hmm. And you're right, and respect is what they were counting on from this crowd because I don't know where the announcer calls for all the wrestlers in the back. And again, the back is a curtain that they've set up on a field. <laughs> there is no back, uh, but all of them have to come out and do a silent ten bell salute for a deceased wrestling legend that passed away over the last week, Gorilla Monsoon. And the crowd does give a clap for Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, And then they do a 10-bell salute. And I was shocked that no crowd tried to heckle. There was no jokes being yelled out. Everyone legitimately treated this seriously for for Gorilla. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're... Like, the crowd are angry because they want to see CZW, but if you're in the rain outside for CZW, then you probably do love wrestling. Mm-hmm. And like, so I imagine, yeah, you know, uh, it was a legend, and you know, they they gave they showed what they should what they should have. Yeah, well, and we've gone back to this before. It's like it's weird that CZW almost they seem to hate ECW for being too close to what they're trying to do, but they all have reverence for pro wrestling, and they all yeah. like clearly watched it growing up. And so I imagine like Nick Gage and Zandig hearing the news of Gorilla Monsoon passing away were like devastated. They're like we gotta, we gotta get shit faces. Yeah, this is, this is sad. 
Uh, and you could tell they were sort of bummed. And I thought it was a nice thing to do. But again, just to people in the rain <laughs> when it's a different company. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's nice. Now we're going to get... And then the announcer's like, and that's not all. But last in the last week, Draws on a recent episode of SmackDown was paralyzed. So we're going to host a silent prayer in honor of Draws. And then they do another, like, silent Yeah, prayer. who's... Uh, I mean, I probably everyone who listens to this knows, but he's famously puke. Puke, I, yeah, course. yeah, and also just he's recently, gonna puke. Recently passed away, like as of uh, yeah, even the last month of when this was recorded. Um, but again, and I'm not knocking on them for showing respect or whatever. It is just hilarious that they've never done anything like this before, unless it's, they're just cutting it from the other shows. And then while people are just waiting in the rain for a show, they have to do like two separate breaks and a national anthem. It was just killing me. Yeah, and and especially what they then launch into. Like, having, you know, probably one of the worst, like, injuries you can sustain in wrestling, and then and then the announcer launching into a, like, like let's get the atmosphere going, guys, don't we all love ultraviolence, <laughs> is, yeah. like, the funniest juxtaposition. And you would think that would lead right into a match, when, no, the announcer decides this is when he's getting into showboat mode, and he welcomes everyone to the ACA National Park. And then he says, when Zandig heard that the ACA was ha having a special fundraiser, he knew he had to be involved. And there have been some detractors. And he mentioned some lady we would no not have heard of. And she released a three-page smear on us in the New Jersey Times or whatever their magazine's called. And has tried to shut this show down and boycott us. But are you offended? He's asking the audience. Yeah, it's very... I mean, he's asking, he's got a bias selection there. But I do think it's very funny that every episode, apart from like a couple, like, for the most part, we've been like, this is not that violent. Like, I was expecting more, but I guess what passes for a threshold mm -hmm. of, like, violence back then was, like, way, you know, it obviously always increases. But the idea of someone writing a three-page, uh, like, article on <laughs> CZW is, like, there's, like, 15 people in, like, consistently go to watch CZW. Maybe it was popping off in the New Jersey scene, and that's why it's, like, a local newspaper. Well but uh, my theory is that they're trying to work with a high school, and this is someone who's like, if you're a parent who's like, oh, this like local company wants to work with us, let's see what they do, and then maybe <laughs> maybe the pyramid of hell is the first. That thing would that be comes so up. funny. That would be so. If, yeah, if Zandig was just like, yeah, we've got a small athletic show that we want to <laughs> that we want to put on for a fundraiser, and you, and you're just like, okay, yeah, that's fine, go for it. You know, you sound like good boys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and it and it is like if you're a good parent, you wouldn't be bringing your kids here. But CZW isn't for good parents, I guess. But it's one of those things where I think Zandig doesn't realize the nature of what he's involved in. Like to him, it's like. Well, you would work with the WWF if they came here, thinking he's like on par with the WWF. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, no, they're not. It's like a small community. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or Zandig's like, well, I grew up on this stuff and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Taking <laughs> yeah. the 15th, you know, finishing his 15th bottle of steroids that day. Well, and the crowd clearly restless and pissed. Uh, the announcer tries to start a CZW chant and they just don't get in with it. And then finally he introduces referee Dewey Donovan who, uh, it's a name I think is going to become bigger and bigger in CZW lore, but just a referee for now. And then they introduce a brand new team, the Bad Crew. <laughs> uh, what do you think of that name? I like the name. It's genius. <laughs> there's no, there's, like, Pain in the Rain, the Bad Crew, like, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Like, just not, just straight to the point. There's just no funny, no funny puns, like, or nothing like that. Just like, we're the bad crew. Yeah, we're bad guys. Yeah. Uh, two similar-looking long-haired guys with matching black and yellow tights and shirts that say the bad crew. Yeah. Which I, I assume that means they're already an indie team from somewhere else. Uh, and then their opponents from Parts Unknown, The Bar, returning. <laughs> uh, and his partner, The Mongoose. Now, The Mongoose is this blonde guy. He's pretty ripped, but he looks like... Almost like white trash ripped. Like, you know when you see a homeless guy, but they're in ridiculous shape? And yeah. They, and they've got that weird tan? Yeah. He sort of looks like that, <laughs> yeah. but he's like 40, clearly. The mongoose is a weird... It's like a poor man's Jeff Jarrett, sort of. Yeah, or a poor man's Zandig. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, so it's Bad Crew versus The Bar and Mongoose for our first match of the evening. And I sort of was getting flashbacks to last week where I'm like, we're going to start with a match where we don't even know the people involved. But then it would it would quickly turn into some like a debacle, a classic CZW debacle. 
Uh, they open with a long head- headlock spot. Uh, and his bad crew number one just berating the referee for the other guy pulling his hair. And they don't name the bad crew again. We don't have commentary. So I'm just bad crew one and two is what I'm going to call them. And then Mongoose gets in there and he starts throwing basic hip tosses. Uh, and he's the kid heavy crowd sort of going crazy for him. Uh, and as he's just getting like the crowd reaction, he tags in Bar because this is CZW and they <laughs> don't know how to do psychology. Uh, we get super basic grappling exchanges like from bar and uh, one of the bad crew guys and it, it's just like like if we trained for three months we could do this you know what yeah I mean? like this level of just basic sort of holds and like hitting the ropes but slowly like you know when they look at the ropes before they hit them yeah stuff. yeah it's like it's not the worst but you know i think i mean it's very funny that the crowd are just like that they just start immediately chanting the sad crew like they just the bad crew immediately get rolled by the entire audience mm-hmm. um but yeah you know it's 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 fine but i like you said it was reminiscent of uh last week's where you just like don't know who these guys are you know insanely long introduction and like i just want to watch some decent wrestling and you know we've got the bad crew and Bar and Mongoose. And they can't provide it. No. I did have the sad crew chant written down. Here. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I yeah. mean, wrestling fans, I don't care if it's the WWE from CCW, I, they will always come up with a creative chant on the spot if they need to. Yeah. Uh, I did appreciate that. But you're right. The match is sort of, it's just sort of nothing. It's falling apart. And you can tell the rain is clearly picking up. So the lens keeps getting rained on to the point where it's just like foggy. And I was almost like, okay, are we going to have a show where you can't see anything at a certain point? And then the camera guy, like, pulls a towel out of his back pocket and wipes the camera I'm lens. pretty sure it was just, like, his bandana. Like, or he's like, <laughs> some dude's do-rag, because there seems to be loads of them. But, yeah, he just wipes it, but, like, it's greasy. It's basically greasy, so this, the lens is somehow worse after he's wiped it. Yeah. Um, and then he has to, like, wipe it again. And I'm just like, gee, this is... This is not great. But you finally get there. The camera auto-focuses or he focuses it. And we're like, oh, thank God, I can see the wrestling again. Yeah, definitely. And and then you're like, oh, wait, the wrestling sucks. I was <laughs> yeah. still blurry. Because <laughs> it is just like, I mean, I, I love the little things like that with the touch of production. Where you're like, yeah, it's literally a dude having to wipe his own, <laughs> yeah. his own lens. But you're like, this wrestling, I mean, we weren't missing much. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Nick Burke is just in the ring. If you remember softcore Nick Burke, he hates ultraviolence. He's wearing his ultraviolet t-shirt, ultraviolet t-shirt, sorry, holding a microphone. Uh, and he admonishes one of the bad crew members. Oh, because the guy, the bad crew guy smoked Mongoose with a chair shot. Yeah. Uh, and he, he swung it like a baseball bat, like from the side as Mongoose's head was kneeled down. And it just like broke the chair. And it actually looked like awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't believe I skipped over that. Uh, so Nick Burke, maybe I'm on his side here because he's admonishing <laughs> uh, the bad crew for the chair use. And then he's like, hey, you know who else agrees this shouldn't be going on? Larry, are you back there? And he calls out Larry, <laughs> who apparently is like the husband of the woman that wrote the blog about them or whatever. I did not I did not get any of that Dark Souls-esque <laughs> lore from him being like, Larry, come out, please. I was like, who the hell's Larry? I put this all together. Yeah. And uh, Larry comes out acting a drunk. Like, he's got a bottle, because apparently they're making fun of this guy for being a booze hound. Meanwhile, Zandig shows off, like, the ma- most magnificent beer belly later. But they're... They're doing like a sketch about the CCW boycotters. He's an absolute stumbling drunk is what Nick Burke says. And then this all just turns into like this nonsensical debacle when the bad crew just both pick up chairs and smoke this Larry guy and Nick Burke in the head with chair shots, at least getting a cheer out of the crowd. Uh, And then that's just sort of the match. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the worst possible timing for CCW to have this article come out, but then also to be like, really bad injury to to puke um but let's make fun of the and i understand i know like pa- like moral panic and all that it's not real but there is just such an insane juxtaposition in this entire show that they're specifically focusing on being like we're cool this is awesome while acknowledging a guy who's paralyzed for the rest they don't know that but paralyzed for the rest of his life totally. because of, a, of an injury that happened in at the time you know still not you know not perfect but significantly better trained wrestlers than what is happening here alongside this rain on what must be not well protected electrical equipment you know and you're just Mm. like this is this is going to go up like the pyramid of hell (laughs) (laughs) well then there's also just the theory of like 
the people that go against what you're saying, you're only giving them light by acknowledging it. Like, yeah. If Zandig had just ignored all this, you go to full crowd. They actually did a full to- a few times where the camera pans the audience. And there's at least 200 people here. I would almost say closer to 300. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't even need to acknowledge this blog. Clearly, these people here don't give a fuck and didn't listen. But now by, like, you're making it part of your show by having the skit. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the weird New Jack uh, thing that he acted out in Ring a few months ago. It's like... Zandig is just the petty guy. He's reading the comments. He can't help himself. Even oh, yeah. internet. <laughs> he, he's on Reddit these days, 100%. He's yeah. on, like, and his account's just called Zandig3 because yeah. the first two were taken. <laughs> yeah, or banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just, he's so r- angry about it. And then the the bar and Mongoose decide to double team this Larry guy and all four four guys just pose in the ring. There's no conclusion. And the <laughs> announcer actually says for the first time, this that last match was ruled a no contest, which I at least appreciated. Yeah. Uh, instead of just cutting away. And, and we don't get a cut. Uh, he, the ma- announcer goes on to introduce Trent Acid, uh, and he comes out with a wife beater and a cowboy hat on. Not with wife beater, but wearing a wife beater, I guess. That, uh, that I, I mean, I'm... We, no spoilers, but we see him. But, you know, it would have been great for him to come out with wife beater. But I don't know if... The announcer brings him in and says, 9.5 inches, and the women go, men, they're so over for Trent Acid. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, he's like, and introducing Trent Acid at 9.5 inches, and the women are like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, they look like, I mean, he seems like a handsome dude, but... You know, they, they really are into him, and obviously that means the men are all shouting homophobic obscenities because their wives are probably cheering for a man who's in significantly better shape than they are. Well, this is exactly like, because we've seen parts of this before, like Trent has always got this like cheerleader squad in the front row. I don't know if they're girls that hang out with them or if they're just the few female CZW fans, but he always gets this reaction and it's sort of fitting they were on a football field because it felt like the whole football team was in the front row of the right side of the ring Yeah, and they hated Trent Acid and they were like, it's sort of like, like the, I mean, I, I sort of saw this in high school where the feminine-ish looking guy would get called gay by the jocks, but all the girls loved him. And yeah. Like, well, is he gay then? Like, I mean, yeah. he's, he's dating all the girls. And the jocks are the ones who are like slapping each other's ass and just completely <laughs> un, unself-aware about you know how you know homoerotic the behavior is that they engage in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Trent Acid just and they're fuming. Yeah, and Trent Acid takes in his stride, to be fair, which is cool. Like he's well, he comes. He, he's always being portrayed sort of as a baby face yeah. because of the crowd reaction. But I guess he's just playing up to whatever the crowd gives him, and so he cuts his heel promo on the crowd. Uh, he's just saying you can't really hear him because the audio is worse than ever. I guess having, <laughs> yeah. having to fight the rain. Yeah, uh, but he's just ha- tossing illegible insults out out at the football players, out at the other people. He taunts, showing his ass before the match even starts. So he knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then who's going to be the guy to come out and thwart this dastardly heel? It's Corky the Disturbed from last week. And were you happy to see this guy? Or what, where did your mind go when you saw Corky come out? Uh, I was just like, re- like, I mean, he has a guy with him now. Did he have a guy with him last time? No, I no. said led by his handler. Uh, yeah. Written here. Yeah. And he which, to the song Getting Jiggy With It. Yeah, and he didn't have uh, someone with him last time. I mean, it's amazing the only way you can get someone to pop for Corgi is because they hate the other guy more. Because mm-hmm. there's no way anyone... Like, yeah, it's... I, I didn't really like Corgi last time. It's a very odd character. Like, he should just go do improv comedy or something like that. I think that's what he wants to really do instead of wrestling. Yeah, he does strike you as a guy who would, like, overrun the mic at the comedy show. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, got his whole shtick in mind. But it's different from the one last week. Like, last week he was almost mentally disturbed doing, like, mental tics and stuff. And this time he comes out in a bathrobe, like, drinking a beer on the way to the ring, almost like a frat guy. And both times it's just lame. I don't know. But then we start this match. Trent Acid versus Corky the Disturbed. Uh, and like I said, Acid's antagonizing the front row when Cor- Corky takes his shirt off and attempting to get the crowd into it. But it's like the jocks hate him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. the guy they would stuff him in a locker, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, when the nerd like does a funny joke someone they hate but then tries to get a high five off the jocks and like, we'll just, we're still going to give you a swirly though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at Trent Acid uh, begs off and rolls out of the ring to get away from Corky, so the jocks start chanting pussy at him. Um, and then Acid's like, you know, I don't need this abuse. He grabs a mic on the outside. I'm going to leave this match altogether. And they actually start throwing, like, garbage at him, 
which I mean, there's no there's no crowd control on this show at all. So if anyone no. wanted to like get in the ring or whatever, they could. Incredibly reminiscent of uh, Hulk Hogan's heel turn when all the crowd that's all it reminded me of oh yeah the, the when he did the leg drop and the crowd are throwing in i'm just like man trent acid and hulk hogan basically the same power level a in lot terms in of the crowd yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the limp the women love both of those <laughs> yeah uh, but it was just a trick he sneaks back in the ring and attacks corky behind with his back turned uh, and then they do like a chase around the ring it's sort of like you know because they can't do wrestling it's like corky's character doesn't allow actual moves it's almost like skits planned within the match which is why i really hate them um the fans are just super hostile they do start chanting the the f word at trent acid which is sort of uncomfortable yeah um it's not even his gimmick you know i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he didn't even come out with an umbrella and it's raining so you know it would have made sense but yeah i mean this i don't know if it is the rain or it was an attempt to be lighter because of what had happened but yeah the rest the matches so far had been a bit more like skit focused and a totally. bit more like heavy on the banter which i guess is is fine but it just i was just like i just actually would like to see some goddamn wrestling please totally at this point and and this match it's not like it's going shortly you know uh for what's going on uh, acid actually hits a tornado DDT on Corky, and then he follows it up with the moonsault. He pulls his ass out, and the crowd, the jocks start chanting small dick at him. When he pulls his ass out, he shows them first and, like, smacks himself on the ass. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, these guys might just rush the ring at a certain yeah. point. Um, and then Corky, after that, reverses a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana, and then he hits a monkey flip. And then does the 10 punches in the corner. So it's the most actual offense we've seen from Corky. Uh, The referee gets in Corky's face for doing too many punches. And then Trent pulls out a hidden weapon out of his elbow pad. Cracks him in the head and gets a win at 9 minutes 47 seconds. And the fans are outraged. Yeah. The heat this causes is like (laughs) actually like unbelievable. Yeah. I mean that's one way to get Corky over I guess if that's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You keep saying Corky but. Is it it Corky? Yeah. yeah, Corky. Like uh. I thought it was cool. Like a sailor, sort of. Oh, okay. No, because Cor- like a not like a dog. Right? Oh, I, I, I was thinking of um, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, <laughs> okay, Corky. Right, okay. We'll just call him Cork. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. I mean, that weird burst, yeah, where there's a bit of action. You're like, well, why couldn't the whole match been like Like, I guess Cork can wrestle. Like, let him wrestle instead of doing a weird character. But, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of over it after... After about three minutes. Exactly, me too, which means the match can't end this way, (laughs) knowing CCW. And as soon as this happens, by the way, this fan, I'm assuming it's a fan jumps in from the outside, but he's like, we can't be older than 12 or 13, like a teenage, like young kid, young guy. Uh, And he tries to show the referee that Trent Acid had a a weapon on him. But because the two, the ref and Trent Acid are working together, they both just ignore the guy and they're like, no, this is fine. Don't worry about it. And then right after, the referee raises Trent Acid's arm and the weapon falls out from under his armpit. And then the ref's like, what? We're restarting <laughs> the match. And then as soon as they start up the match, Corky, Corky oh, fuck, <laughs> gets an immediate roll-up win uh, like a minute later. And then Corky goes to the table at the side of the ring. He pulls like a, a cloth off all this shit and it's like party favors, like noisemakers and party hats. And he gives them out to the crowd and starts trying to party and dance. But again, it's pouring rain on these people. And this match sucked, so no yeah. one gets into it at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is very odd. Um, yeah, I mean, those little things like the fan running up, like that could be a nice thing that like having a show like CZW allows like to have the interaction, but because they're not, they can't think on their feet, basically. They just have to be like, who said that? Is that a ghost? Uh, ignore him and then move on. Yeah, well, and then you think this segment's going to end already, and Corky has a fucking cake, a birthday cake, so they set up a table in the ring, they put a, a birthday tablecloth on it, put the cake, light the candles, even though it's fucking raining. So they're going out. And then Trent Acid runs in from behind. He power bombs Corky on the cake uh, and then leg drops him onto this table. But neither of those moves actually break the table. And then he picks him up for a third power bomb and breaks the table. Uh, the whole time this fan is just in the ring, sort of like watching. <laughs> like no one kicks him out the entire time. Uh, and I just have written here too much Corky. This this whole segment went far too long. Yeah, it went full Corky. Um, <laughs> and 
I don't know, yeah. Like, I don't even think this would be fun if it wasn't raining or anything. Like, that's not spoiling the atmosphere. This is just like, why are you, why are you doing bits? Like, why is this Saturday Night Live? Like, I, I, I want Combat Zone wrestling. Totally. Like, I would, I would expect this from like early, early Chikara or early like another sort of like I don't know more indie promotion like led towards that. But CZW, I was expecting, you know, like untrained guys hitting each other with weapons and bleeding yeah and it's weird that they're doing this like shitty indie stuff that i just i I don't know that anyone's showing up for uh then we get a hard cut and we come back to justice pain with big daddy smooth intro to the czw iron man champion and one half of the czw tag team champions doesn't make any sense (laughs) as far as we knew it was zandig and nick gage yeah i I think zandig just got himself written into another story and decided it would be easier if it was justice Payne and nick gage that are the tag champs so anyone trying to follow these title lineages that's what happened yeah i just let it roll off me at this point i'm just like whoever i'm just like whoever they say is champion it's just like 1984 like whoever they say is champion is champion like i'm not questioning it i'll accept it you'll even give them the benefit of the doubt maybe there was a house show yeah maybe yeah (laughs) there was a stipulation no one told us yeah there's backroom drama yeah and then Justice Payne, of course, he grabs the mic. I almost shouldn't have to say he grabs a mic at this point. I don't think he's ever come to the ring and not grabbed a microphone. Uh, but he's claiming that he invented ultraviolet. <laughs> he wrestled in Chicago last night and said they chanted, National Park sucks. And the crowd's like, boo. And he's like, I'm from National Park. And you know what? I agreed with him. <laughs> yeah. Which actually got me like, okay, Justice Payne, that's a good heel move, shitting on the city. Yeah, I thought it was like potentially the best promo like Justice Pain has done in mm-hmm. that I was like I, I found it quite funny I mean it was similar um, I don't know if it's him that did it but there was one couple where there was like oh I go around telling everyone see, there's no fans like CZW because they're the, like the worst white trash and it's like it's always great to do a switcheroo on a crowd yeah. like it always works that was reckless youth I yeah. remember so yeah I, th- I thought it was decent to be fair because normally he's dog shit totally uh, and then says, next Saturday, I face Lobo in the first ever steel cage match. And by the way, I've looked ahead. It's actually CCW's first ever cage of death, but they're not calling it that yet. I don't know if they preemptively name. In fact, actually, I guess they must preemptively name the events because this show's called Pain in the Rain. And I assume they weren't planning rain Imagine, yeah. <laughs> when they booked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I maybe what happens next week is going to earn the name cage of death. <laughs> But that is what they are building up to. And he's like, but I don't want to wait till next week. I'm calling you out right now. And so Lobo comes out with the Venom t-shirt on, which is now just his full attire. Like if I there, love it. If there was a video game, that's what he'd be wearing in it, which yeah. I like. Uh, and he gets the better of Justice Payne when, just, when Nick Gage sneak attacks by... <laughs> so Nick Gage is like uh, climbing up to the top rope with Lobo's back turned. But because the whole ring's just soaked... He slips off the top rope and like his arm sort of hits Lobo's like knee. And yeah. Lobo just sells it like he's been shot in the knee. But then Gage immediately gets up and starts booting him. When TCK comes out immediately for the save, and then two random guys in all black come in and attack TCK. And we know it can't be the two random guys in black we've seen a couple times already. The yeah, the ones who fought Zandig. Yeah, because Nick Gage and Justice Bear <laughs> here are not wearing <laughs> yeah. all black. <laughs> but yeah, they attack DCK, and then Lobo comes in and hits both the guys with the chairs as Gage and Justice Pan run away, uh, and Lobo's music plays, and it sets up a tag team match for later tonight between them and the tag team champs. Which I don't, I don't mind a segment that sets up a match later in the night. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, make, like it's cool. It was like a good segment as well. Like it wasn't like joke. It was you know a, a good promo leading into it and then it's a bit of fun and then you move on to the next wrestling match you know it was the actual best thing that's happened on the card so far yeah probably apart from the national anthem come on let's show some respect <laughs> yeah, uh but yeah uh then they leave and the announcer announces uh again softcore nick burke coming out to the ring and he comes out not only with the ultraviolet shirt on holding a purple chair and then once again the announcer has to tell him hey i've told you two times now it's not ultraviolet it keeps getting it's me. Ultraviolent. It always gets me that. It always gets me. I'm like, oh, you silly boy. That was pretty good. This <laughs> yeah. third, I didn't like the first two. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get John Dahmer introduced with his valet <sighs> Natasha. And then they're facing Nick Burke, who also looks awful. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch this match. I no, I, it's, yeah, I was already not, not into it. And then as soon as Dahmer, it's like, 
very difficult to focus because I'm just like, I know this isn't going to be any good or interesting or whatever, so let's just move it along, please. Mm-hmm. And the match begins just basically as you'd expect it to, but the camera view is like, for some reason, every now and then in the show, it would cut away, and then they'd start using a camera guy who's like in the back row, like five rows back, and then it's almost like he gets called to action, and he leaves the back row and comes up to the side of the ring as the new lead camera guy. Like, it's very strange. Yeah, it's uh, like in Tekken Tag Tournament. When <laughs> one of them's near the health bar, they swap out, you know. Yeah, Marvel it's just odd. Capcom. And the new camera is, like, blocked on the left side. It's almost like the, the lens isn't fully attached to where it should be. Like, you're seeing the left just border. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's just a shitty... At least it's during this match, you know. We <laughs> yeah. don't have to watch it. Uh, and thankfully, I think they switch them out. But literally, the crowd's just chanting at Natasha to show her puppies, which I guess is... Are, are you uh, aware of the term puppies? I know the term puppies, yeah. I... I... Jerry the King Lawler, known sex pest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know, I know about the term puppies. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't implicate. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Burke, he's he's like starting the match with just the most basic shit you'd imagine. He gets this front headlock as they're just trying to build heat, but no one cares about either of these guys. Uh, we get another weird camera cut as we go to Dahmer hitting a power slam for a near fall. And then he goes to call for the purple chair and swing it, but the referee takes it from out of his hands. And then literally Burke takes it from the referee, and the ref just watches him go to swing it on Dahmer, like he doesn't care at all. And I was just... with the ref at that point, to be fair. <laughs> just, just... There's just no consistency at all. It's not like the ref's working with Dahmer. It's just it's yeah. in the sake of the match, he needed to take it from one guy. It's just so lazy. And then Dahmer hits his patented spine buster and gets a finish off the spine buster for the first time at five minutes and 29 seconds, a mercifully short match. Yeah, genuinely. Anything else to add to this? I thought no. it was just, <laughs> let's just move. No, yeah, nothing to add. Uh, and the Kramer does, this is one of the pan- points where they show the entire crowd panned left to right. Uh, and as they're doing that, the announcer says, this next match is a David and Goliath match. And... Are you aware of the the biblical classic between David and Goliath? Yeah, I I know puppies and I know David and Goliath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting a tiny guy and a big guy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was hoping to see. Uh, So, led by manager Miss Demeanor, you like that name? That's clever. And his partner Assault at three (laughs) hundred (laughs) and sixty at three hundred and sixty pounds. It's battery. So assault and yeah, <laughs> yeah, misdemeanor. Yeah, although I think I think it's above a misdemeanor, isn't it? Assault and battery. <laughs> like, oh, I loved it. Yeah, battery. Uh, for, like the only impression I could think of, he looks like a fatter Chris Hero. Like if you take Chris Hero at his fattest and add like fifty pounds, he's about there. <laughs> and then assault just looks like I know they were calling uh, Diablo Ron Jeremy, but this guy looks like the spitting image of Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. And they're both they're two big fat guys that look a lot like Bad Crew actually, but bigger. Yeah. Uh, I, I I feel like Zandig just went recruiting at local like nightclubs and he just found bouncers. Yeah. Like, after the kingpins left. <laughs> yeah. They like... ju- yeah. Or they just yeah they went to bowling alleys and like it was a gold mine last time. Let's try again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then we get the opponent from right here in National Park, Lil Buff D, uh, and we get this small guy in like Dudley's <laughs> camo. And a jersey, and he get the crowd going crazy for this dude. Uh, what do you think of Lil Buff D when you saw him? I mean, I always like it when they are just so clearly inspired by like other rest. Like they're just he's just wearing his outfit. Like <laughs> like it's it, it, no attempt to be any different. Um, I mean, it's a very funny setup to have to yeah to to have just a big dude against a little dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big dude's got two people on the outside. Little, yeah, little buff coming out alone. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I was cheering for him. They got me with in terms of the underdog story for sure. I was definitely cheering for David. I'm always rooting for David. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No one cheers for Goliath. I thought. I thought when I heard Goliath, I thought it was going to be that hammer guy from like I think it was episode three or four. Remember they had a guy named yeah. Hammer come out and he actually looked like seven feet tall and jacked and then we just never saw him again. <laughs> that, that's happened so many times where they've just had big jacked men come in for like one appearance <laughs> and then I guess like died or something or just like <laughs> just was never heard from again and they, he just keeps finding, I guess it's at the gym, right? Like, it's gotta be. Yeah, of just like huge jacked men. It's like, just do one show, $50 and then see you later. Whoever looks good in the underground street fight ring that he's in. Yeah, that's what you fighting for a spot at czw uh 
so the first thing we get is Battery pushes Buff into the corner, and Buff acts like he's being shot. Like, he's just overselling, getting shoved <laughs> down to the ground. He eats a... Uh, Buff gets right back up and eats a nice big boot right after a near fall, and then followed by a splash in the corner and a black hole slam. <laughs> so these guys, like... I, it feels like they worked the match out at least. Like they were taking it seriously is, is the vibe I got. Yeah. Uh, and then Buff finally gets thrown in the air and hits a drop kick. Uh, and you think he's coming back. He gets cut off immediately. But then he kicks uh, Battery in the balls for this insane pop. And you literally hear children like scream. <laughs> like, <laughs> they know getting kicked in the balls sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he throws Battery to the outside and then hits a crossbody off the apron on Assault and Battery. So David's just running wild here. Uh, back inside the ring, Buff hits a Bronco Buster for easily the biggest reaction of the night. I mean, you know why X-Pac uh, got so much, like, career tenure off this move? Yeah. It's because the fans just love the Bronco Buster. Uh, Assault gets in the ring just randomly, and he's teasing, like, hitting Buff, because Buff is sort of, like, uh, slowly getting back to his feet. And then out of nowhere, just betrays his partner, <laughs> Battery, on the debut. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we've got to stop saying out of nowhere when it comes to CZW <laughs> betrayals. We have to expect to every one. point. This yeah. is the worst one ever, though. <laughs> this is the first time we saw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's just like the ultimate way of just like, this David and Goliath match is now a... Oh, Goliath and David versus Goliath. I don't know. Yeah, remember when Goliath's brother just, <laughs> yeah, just, just Yeah, just clotheslined Goliath and joined David's team. Yeah. Uh, and then right after Buff tries to do like a disaster kick on uh, Assault, sorry, and to kick the chair back in his head, and it just doesn't land well, so Assault just no-sells it. And then he like just drags... Buff over to the corner, exposing himself as the worst wrestler ever, and he tries to like set the chair up against Buff, and like the chair just falls over, and he goes to the apron, and Buff just walks away from him, and so Assault just gets off the apron, <laughs> and sort of this, the thing ends. It was just so like sloppy and like just, it was it was less sloppy, more just half-assed. Like he wasn't committed to doing it, and then when it didn't work out perfectly, he just left. Yeah, I think. Mean, yeah, I I don't know. I guess. Very, very strange. I mean, I hope there's like just one person in the crowd who's just like, I cannot wait to see more of them. <laughs> I cannot wait to see the conclusion of that story because it has got me hooked. Yeah, and Buff leaves, or sorry, he leaves that situation, but he goes to the top rope and hits the blockbuster on battery for the clean win at five minutes and five seconds, just like David and Goliath ended. <laughs> yeah. And then Assault and Battery like leave together, like they regroup and just leave together. So maybe they'll, well, maybe we'll see them back next. They week. do it all the time, I guess. I don't know. Ugh, really dumb. And again, yeah. it, we might never see these guys again. So I'm almost certain of it. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should start getting over unders. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who are we gonna like? Does the mongoose ever come back, or is he? I'm dumb? excited in like we get to episode like 200 and just bar. It's like <laughs> you all remember bar or like he's come back and you're like yes. He'll be the Iron Man champion one day. Yeah, he will. Um, the next match, the announcer says it's a false count anywhere with a 59 minute and 35 second time limit. I, I don't know what like reference they were going for there, but the the announcer did say that specifically. And then we get Rick Blade out to bow with the bar. Uh, he's got his junior heavyweight title. He's got Lady Blaze, the women he famously won uh, a few <laughs> months back. Rick Blade feels like a main eventer. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, Rick Blade is growing on me genuinely. Like throughout, like watching it, like he's been one that's definitely. That at first I was like, he was doing flippy stuff, and I was like, well, you know against that but i was just like okay but what like what's the point there's no end product there but he genuinely like i do enjoy seeing him now and he's uh consistent as well he's consistently pretty solid throughout his matches definitely he can't cut a promo to save the, his life but who can here you know yeah. i'm only bringing that up because he grabs a microphone and right away he calls referee rob hartog fat boy which uh <laughs> <Fat classic>. boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he says uh, you can't. You sort of can't hear Blade over the heckling crowd, but he says he's faced everyone here, and he's ra he's uh, naming names like Xande, Gage, and I'm glad he did this because it is sort of. I did feel like he was getting elevated into the main event with those, and he's like, but now I'm going to face an opponent I faced way back when. And again, this is show like number eight, so <laughs> how far back are we? But he's like, he's gone gone by a couple different names. I call him Vincenzo, but you know him as White Lotus. Get out here. He, he dead-named him, dude. Like, yeah. Could you believe that? That is brutal. Um, yeah, I guess 
Didn't strike me as a Vincenzo. A guy no. who would name himself White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's very odd. I mean, at least we know now. We have wondered. Um, but, yeah. That, I mean, White Lotus is someone who's not growing on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't really like his white hot pants, but it is what it is. Um it's but, weird. For me, White Lotus is coming back from a deficit because I really hated the random gimmick change and the look. But now he is growing on me in the sense that his matches are usually good and he's clearly working out or at least juicing. Like, he, he's got the baby oil. He's got the abs. So, I don't know. I'm sort of I'm a sort of a White Lotus guy. I'm, I'm a Rick Blade guy, so this is not going to win. Well. <laughs> this is David versus Goliath over here. And I do have written here, it is Rob Hartog. We were informed by a, a deathmatch Instagram account. Uh, who apparently knows better than we could, and I, I take his word for it. Cause yes. We, we mix up between Rob and Ron constantly. So from now on, I'll never say Ron again. I don't want to offend this guy. We both, but it's actually pronounced Corgay. <laughs> so we've both been getting it wrong. It was a pun. Yeah. It was a pun the whole time. <laughs> What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Um, so Lotus enters, uh, but before the match begins, Reckless Youth comes down, and he's offended. He's like, I came all the way out here to this football field, and I haven't even been booked. Uh, and not only that, but I'm expected to appear in front of this ugly crowd. Uh, and it's like, well, wait, were you booked or were you not? Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he was saying, I'm offended I wasn't booked and I'm offended I have to be here in front of you ugly people. And it's like, well, you we weren't booked, so you didn't have to be in front of the <laughs> ugly people. But he essentially just calls for a three-way. And well, how do you feel about that? Because I was almost ready for a Rick Blade White Lotus match just because I feel like they know how to work together and it was going to be good. And Reckless Youth always is like, it feels like he's going to lead the match. He feels like even though he's not successful per se, he's going to consider himself the veteran and sort of call all the shots. Whereas the other two guys might have had like a different fun sort of thing. That that was my take. Yeah, and I don't know. I think like CZW still hasn't mastered the classic one re- wrestler versus the other wrestler match yet. <laughs> so when you introduce a third one, it just gets a bit chaotic with like the the finishes don't make sense and then like, you know, cheating doesn't make any sense within it and they can just never properly officiate it or make sense of it. And also with the action that can be all over the place, the camera isn't often following it. So I just prefer a one versus one. But like, I guess, go for it. Let's see how it works out. Maybe, you know, it would prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't have like low expectations. I just felt like I would have preferred the three-way. Uh, and it starts with a three-way lockup where they all look up together and this fan immediately yells, this isn't rugby, like he's offended. Which I thought was a good heckle from the <laughs> yeah. crowd. Uh, and then White Lotus and Reckless Youth begin double-teaming uh, as Reckless Youth is like starting with the crowd. It's almost like he's letting White Lotus do the dirty work while he just jaws to the crowd. I really am just tired of this guy's like constant banter with the audience. I don't yeah. I don't find it funny and it's not good, so it's just like, all right. Uh, Blade actually skins the cat perfectly. I remember on the second ever episode, we dogged him for his shitty skinning the cat. Uh, but he skins the cat and then has a double drop kick on both guys. And then he power bombs White Lotus and does the RVD uh, like kicking combo that ends with a spin kick on Reckless Youth. Uh, so Blade's, I I have written here. Blade never looks so good. He's yeah. just in the zone here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. He's 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 gone full Neo in the Matrix. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. really he's really rock in the rain as well. <laughs> like the the end the end fight. Um, he should have come out dressed like Neo. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be so on point. Yeah, give him Jeffrey Dahmer's get up or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I enjoy, I thought it was good. I thought it was good um, offense from Rick Blade. To be honest, like like I said, I think he's reliable. Uh, I think it's fun and. Um, yeah, I, I was enjoying the match, to be honest. I think Zandig sees that in him, too, like, for elevating him like that, which means more than anything. <laughs> uh, and it Rick, would to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick Blade whips both of them into the corner, and then they do the classic thing where they both fall over out of the corner, and it looks like Reckless Youth is fucking uh, White Lotus in the ass. <laughs> everyone knew what you meant but you're just like no i'm gonna i'm gonna let you know i'm gonna let everyone know what i mean and then white lotus and reckless youth get control uh but again they it's like every triple threat match you've ever seen as soon as one of them goes for the pinfall 
the other one has to break it up, and then they're yeah. like, what are you doing trying to win the match? <laughs> yeah. And then they start fighting each other, which is like, I, I, I'm not going to knock them because it was probably novel in 1999. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense when, like, I mean, I guess it makes sense here, but, like, there's never been an establishment of, like, tables or rankings or anything, so it <laughs> is weird. <laughs> like, I guess they just would do that. I don't know. Like, maybe there is, maybe they do get a payday. One again, I'm always wondering with a triple threat match, is this elimination or is this yeah. one fall to a finish? Because they never specify. So you don't know until the pinfall happens which one it is. Very maybe annoying. one of them is going to become Iron Man champion or a t- one half of the tag team championship. <laughs> so White Lotus and Blade, they have this great reversal exchange, uh, which Blade ends with a reverse DDT. It's sort of like they were reversing reverse DDTs. And then Youth attacks Blade with a pump handle slam and a nice looking swanton bomb. The match is definitely picking up pace here. And then out of nowhere, it just sort of falls apart, whereas Blade and White Lotus get confused with who they're meant to do, uh, what they're meant to do. And then they bot- sort of botch a double team on... Uh, reckless youth and just lay boots to him it's sort of awkward here which sucked because it felt like the match was sort of getting somewhere uh blade hits an even better top rope swanton to reckless youth and then he's immediately hit with a neck breaker by white lotus uh, they do they build to a tower of doom spot which i think is the first in czw you know the superplex power bombs oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah and the crowd's like very impressed by this even though it's like you know the x division five like five years from now would have knock your socks off <laughs> yeah. like a 12 person power of doom but i mean it is like I, i'm not trying to knock it for not being evolved i mean it was for this crowd a very cool for spot. rick blade to pull that off yeah 100 percent. Mm-hmm. and then reckless youth grabs a chair uh, and puts it on blade but blaze steps in and tries to take it off of him and then reckless youth teases hitting her but then she hits him with a low blow and a stunner and the crowd goes wild for lady blaze fucking up reckless youth here uh, and then the match manages to pick up steam again with all three of them are hitting moves on another and then a near fall. White Lotus misses Reckless Youth with the chair and then Blade kicks it in his face. Blade grabs a table and gets it in the ring, gets Lotus up there where they're doing that thing where they're on top of the table sort of standing. Yeah. Uh, he goes to climb to the ring post but almost falls off it. Like you can tell he almost slips on the ring. I which mean, I'm glad he didn't do. <laughs> yeah, d- Rick Blade looks so old at this bit. Like he's so <laughs> wobbly. Like he like looks like uh, thingy from uh, the sim I don't know just just looks so f- frail in this moment because he's like on the ropes like really wobbling and I'm like mm-hmm. please don't die mate well and it's raining and I'm yeah. sure it's windy and it's p- fucking pitch black it's like you don't need to go to that post next no. to the turnbuckle. just step to the top rope it's lucky you're on there but then he does and he sort of course corrects and does the most flawless moonsault you've ever seen Rick Blade do yeah I mean just I clean through the middle of his body through the middle of the table yeah, I mean, I, I gave him high praise here, saying, pretty good flip onto the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Reckless Youth swoops in, he throws Rick Blade outside, and pins White Lotus at 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Once again, Reckless Youth gets the win, and I'm just wondering why. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it, really. And becomes the intercontinental CCW champion of the David and Goliath match. <laughs> or did he win? Was this for the junior heavyweight? No, no it wasn't. But I just think it was... No, well, I don't think so. Was it? No, I don't think no. so either, no. But, uh, yeah. Who knows with CZW? We'll I mean, find out next been. week. <laughs> we'll find out next week who's champion. Yeah, and then Blade gets pissed. He grabs a microphone and challenges Reckless Youth to a title match next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. So he earned a title match. And Reckless Youth gets a mic and says, how about if I can beat you in five minutes right now, I get Lady Blaze in the ring for five minutes afterwards. And no one sort of makes noise. Uh, and Blade's like, Maybe next week. <laughs> and then they retreat, and it's like, okay, maybe we'll see that next week or a title match. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it feels weird if you go in that weird angle to be like five minutes. You're like, dude, could like be like, a, if you're going to be sex and misogynist, be like, for a month. <laughs> like, don't just be like five minutes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if he meant he wanted five minutes to have intercourse with her in the <laughs> ring or if he wanted a match with her for five minutes. I, I think I imagine the intercourse. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's what those, my money's on intercourse. <laughs> Right. Well, you you two at home can gamble. <laughs> uh, so we get a lens wipe and an announce, a soft announcer reset uh, after lots of just weird cam cuts. And then out comes Big Mac Max and the CCW world champion Wife Beater. Dude, yeah, I popped. I genuinely... You like these I, now? Yeah, I love what... I, I think... I mean, I obviously hate the name, but I... <laughs> yeah, I love Wife Beater and... 
I, I, I've, the manager's growing on me because he, oh, no. he, he looks like the bad guy from Power Rangers. Yeah. He, like <laughs> the fat, like bully, um, and he's just like his voice, like yeah, I'm the one with this guy. <laughs> he's it's so good. He looks like Bebop and Rocksteady from <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's dynamite. Yeah, he looks like Don Vito. He looks, <laughs> he's the worst looking guy. <laughs> Uh, and he's trying to talk over the crowd, but the crowd just shit like shits on him and talks over him completely. Like they're almost like out heckling his heckles, and he d- can't get any words out. And then John Zandig just comes out with some lady and a different biker than the guy we just named the, the week previously, which just pissed me off actually. Um, so I don't know this new biker's name, but you know you have to keep learning all these bikers' names. It's infuriating. Maybe he killed the other biker and now he gets to be part of Zandig's or at circle. Least, yeah, punched his bike and it blew up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Zandig it comes in. Uh, he's classic attire that we will come to know Zandig for. No shirt, just blue jeans, and it feels like he's bursting out of him. I mean, with, with his ab gut. It looks like this match was built for me because you know I'm a big fan of anyone who wrestles in jeans. Yeah. And you've got the two like biggest oily men <laughs> in jeans. Like the rain is just slick off them. <laughs> like, like they're you know they're floating on the rain essentially because they're so oily. Like, and he's just in his <laughs> yeah in his jeans with his belly out, and you're just like, <laughs> this is gonna rule. And yeah, finally. Zandig arrives with a lady. Uh, it's awesome. I'm yeah. so here for this match. Yeah, this is sick. Uh, and they start jawing before he he does throw out. Maybe that this is the reason they didn't do it earlier with Lady Blaze because Zandig throws out. There's no way I'm losing if I don't leave here with the world title tonight. Wife beater can have my woman. <laughs> this <laughs> is that uh, that is known as foreshadowing. Yeah, uh, for the audience at home. That's going to um, come up again. <laughs> yeah, in the greatest way possible. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm was i so here for this match. I was invested. I was pumped too. This does feel like a, co- a real main event, even though it doesn't close the show. But it's like this is uh, the CZW world title match. Zandig versus Whitebeater. Two jack guys in jeans tie up, but they're both too strong. So they can't push the other one in the corner, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do think Whitebeater's probably a close friend of Zandig's, just based with the respect and reverence that Zandig treats him with. Yeah, they definitely have shared needles for steroids together, 100%. They've injected each other's ass. <laughs> like, it, it just feels like Nick Gage and Justice Payne are such old news to him, and he's like, oh, me and wife beater, that's the main event. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that's my new toy, yeah, that's the, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I'd be the same. I'd want to be wife beater's best mate as well. Mm-hmm. He's such a cool guy. I don't think he's ever put a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a, it is this big powerhouse match at first. So Zandig reverses a suplex wife beater tries, then hits not just a suplex, but a jackhammer, which looked really good. Then he calls for a gorilla press, but wife beater gets off his shoulders and then hits a gorilla press of his own on Zandig. Zandig pops up no-selling it, then hits a reverse gorilla press, <laughs> which is, like, from his back. I think it's awesome that it, at times it's really hard to tell apart because they just look like an oily denim blur at parts <laughs> where they're just like, who? where does one start and the other end? <laughs> like, it's it's crazy. I couldn't tell Especially who Especially with the rain on the lens. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 looked, it was the closest thing to art I've ever seen in wrestling. Mm. It's like Street Fighter when two guys pick the same character. (laughs) Yeah, don't even palette swap. (laughs) So the pin gets broken up by Mac, who runs in with a road sign, and then the biker chases him out of the ring. Uh, So Zandig follows it up with another gorilla slam, and then he he throws Wifebeater outside as he climbs to the dive uh, for the top rope and dives on all three guys on the outside, being the the two managers and Wifebeater. Zandig goes outside. He puts the trash can on Wife Beater's head, then hits it with a chair. Classic. And that cues Nick Burke, who comes out with like football sort of padding and a helmet on. Um, and then Zandig throws him into the crowd and then turns around and just eats a chair shot to the head from Wife Beater. And like as brutal a chair shot as you've seen in the company so far. It feels like Wife Beater and Zandig don't hold back on each other. Like he hit him as hard as he could yeah. with the chair. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're consummate professionals. Mm hmm. And then Wife Beater lifts up Zandig and just suplexes him flat onto the grass, which it, just the thud sounded brutal. Like it's insane to, cause like, yeah, to lift Zandig up like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, he's so strong, it's unnatural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. And then Zandig counters uh, a chair shot by just holding the chair with his hands and demolishes Wife Beater with like a baseball chair swing of his own, not to the head but to the face. Which I'm always like, it's like you're not even trying to. 
not that the head's a good place to hit a guy, <laughs> but to like hit him in the face is so like you're going to break his nose. Yeah. Like, uh, the Zandig then gets a table set out on the outside. He puts wife beater on it, and then he goes to the top rope and slips off the top. And it looks like a kid like falling down the stairs, like ass first. <laughs> yeah. Like he hits every turnbuckle <laughs> on his tailbone on the way down. It yeah. looks brutal. Yeah. Uh, and so instead, he gets back in the ring and decides to just do a tope over the top rope and puts himself through wife beater's body through the table. And this tope was like very athletic. Like he just cleared the top rope with a jump just because he knew he had to. Yeah. It, like. Whenever I see Zandig, it always feels like an anime character when they're using the last of their power. Every move, it's an anime character using the last of their power to do an <laughs> immense move where you're just like, you're going to die after you do that move. But, or like, you know, have you seen the film The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke? Of course. Like, every moment with Zandig feels like that final moment <laughs> of Mickey Rourke when you're like, he's going to die doing this, but it's what he needs to do. Dude, and like, is, Zandig is the Randy <laughs> the Ram prequel. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is his whole, what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Zandig, the referee, it just is outside of the ring. I don't know if they called this in uh, Falls Count anywhere, but he counts one, two, three. Winner and new, Zandig. You think so? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Until. Well, first I have written here. You hear someone tell the camera guy, like, whoa, Zandig has like a fucked up gash on the back, <laughs> of, his back of his neck. Like someone should check on him. <laughs> like you hear this guy tell the camera guy that. <laughs> yeah. so maybe the one person who has wrestler safety in mind here. Yeah. Just saw, like, and, and we didn't see it. Like, there's no uh, footage of the back of his neck. But There's I, no I, way they'd ever have a camera good enough quality to see something on the back of someone's neck. Mm. But Zandig leaves celebrating when Max is in the ring, and he <sighs> announces, no, this contract says that... Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it was a non-title match. Non-title. <laughs> I had my... My lawyers looked at it. My Saul Goodman <laughs> has looked at this contract... <laughs> Yeah, and says, no, it was a non-title match, so since Zandig doesn't leave with the belt like he promised he would, you got to hand that woman over to us as well. <laughs> and then Zandig's like, wait, did I say that? He's asking the cat, he's like, did I say that? <laughs> it's so funny, because he seems genuinely like he doesn't know what's going on. Like, like, this guy would never welch on a bet. You can tell. At least he would never welch on a bet. It is my favorite moment, like, Obviously, misogyny is never funny, but it is so funny that Zandig proceeds to be like, well, <laughs> if I said it, then I guess you've got to go with him. I've got to be an honourable man, and you've got to spend your time with this man literally known as Wife Beater. It is incredible. I was laughing so much. He's like, I'll give her to you until the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> but then I want her back, and you're like, okay, at least, at least he's gonna want her back with that match. That's it's insane. And then Mac clarifies, don't worry, by the way, White Beater is not a nice man, but he won't beat her with his fist. <laughs> <laughs> he'll beat her with his beater. <laughs> you know, he says he'll beat her with her with his Peter. With his Peter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, it is so. Like, I know I was talking before about skits, but if they're going to be of this, they need to be of this level <laughs> to justify it because this was absolutely incredible. Like, yeah. I was, uh, I kind of wish it had ended there, really, because it was so funny. It was so perfect. Well, it did end there. I mean, that's where the segment ends. Oh, no, but I just mean the actual show. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, you're right, because this, this next match feels just out of place. I wish it happened right before. And I do assume we're going to see the rematch next next week at cage of death yeah so i'm very looking forward to that <laughs> an all-time great segment i gotta say <laughs> thank you thanks to zandig honestly <laughs> did i say that did i say that <laughs> so funny yeah uh, he's a man of his word <laughs> yeah well i guess if i said it you gotta go with him you gotta go <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we get our hard cut and that's when uh, the song Worlds Collide begins playing. Anyone banger. who's played Here Comes the Pain knows this song. Or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Or, or a bevy of games. It's <laughs> yeah. a great song. Yeah. Uh, and the Thrill Kill Cult comes out, which if you remember, that was Diablo and Midnight 
who uh, betrayed Dahmer months ago and started the Thrill Kill call. I, I was like, what are these guys doing here? I, I thought we already, <laughs> main eventing as well. I thought we already knew what the main event was, and it yeah. didn't involve these guys. No. And then we get a cut after their entrance. It's almost like they forgot about it and put it in afterwards or something. And, and we're introduced to Justice Payne and Nick Gage, the CCW tag team champs, and they just rush into the ring and clear it. Like, they, they kick the Thrill Kill cult out of it. Uh, and then Gage grabs the microphone. Uh, and he calls out Lobo and TCK immediately. And it's just making me wonder why the Thrill Killer are involved at all. Like, it's <laughs> such an afterthought at this point. And so then the music hits. Lobo and TCK rush the ring. Uh, TCK's got his classic wheelbarrow full of weapons, whereas Lobo's hitting his trash can full of weapons. <laughs> uh, and they throw them into the ring. Uh, and then I also noticed minutes after the match began, but the Cashmere Bros, uh, Robbie Marino and oh. Johnny Cashmere, are just on the apron when the match begins. Because <laughs> it's actually a four-way tag team match, but they just forgot to put their entrance in. Maybe that's what the cut was. Yeah, it's like when char- characters in a video game just glitch in. <laughs> just like they haven't loaded fully. Yeah, although I'm glad to see them glitched in instead of hearing some, like, slur later. Yeah, yeah, true, true, promo. true. It was nice just to see the Cashmere Bros wrestle and not talk. Uh, so, of course, this just leads to chaos to begin the match as the camera guy, again, is in the back row for some reason. So, the, for the first, like, minute of this, you can hear weapon shots, but you can't see them as the camera guy's trying to adjust his, like, levels and focus to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the Thrill Cult are holding the ring early, hitting the guys with crutch shots and Singapore cane shots. Uh, and then, even with eight guys, it's only two two guys in the ring, so at least, like, they can keep maintain order in that way. Uh, Lobo ends up as the punching bag, as he always does, as the, the kill cult and Gage and Justice Payne are just teaming up on him. Uh, Justice Payne does a dive to the outside that you couldn't see because of the bright lights on the football field. You know, that like Friday Night Lights sort bright, of... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that was a beautiful sentence, the bright lights on the football field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they blocked us. But then Gage follows, follows it up with a really great flip, like a tope to the outside on like everybody. And then you can tell, oh, everyone's taking their turns diving onto the big pile of people outside. So literally everyone in this match gets their own dive to the big pile of people. Yeah, I think as well uh, with the crowd, uh, this felt like the first time where like Gage, like it was building that he was was going to eventually become what he did to CZW because the crowd seemed to, I, I can't remember if it was previous matches, uh, previous episodes as well, but like, the crowd seem to really love him. Like, mm-hmm. they're all like, get Gage out. You know, they're all cheering him on out of nowhere, really. And I was like, uh, maybe, I don't know if something had happened in the intervening weeks because he hadn't been that over, really. But the crowd seemed to be really, like, pulling for him. Yeah, he's just a fan favorite for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and through all this action, Lobo's on a table on the outside and Gage flips from the top rope of the ring to the outside through Lobo on a table. Again, Lobo's always just going to take the most of the damage in these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's impossible to keep up as everyone's doing their own thing. There's only one camera guy with a handheld trying to follow all this. J- Johnny Cashmere suplexes Justice Payne off the bleachers because a lot of the guys, uh, the fans were sitting on bleachers set up. Again, like a high school. And he goes off the top bleacher, maybe eight rows up, and suplexes Justice Payne onto the grass, and you just hear him splat. That was actually like a brutal fucking landing. Uh, in the ring, the kill cult hits the heart attack, which, of course, they stole from <laughs> Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, on Robbie Marino, and then pin him at 9 minutes 50, which it turns out is just an elimination as the match continues. <laughs> but then about a minute later, Gage hits the hits Macabre with his picture-perfect frog splash uh, and then eliminates him one minute later at 10 minutes 50. So we are down to the teams we sort of wanted this match to be to begin yeah. with. I guess we just had to get those four extra guys on the show for some reason. Uh, Gage and Justice Payne are in the ring working over TCK, and Gage just unloads with a chair shot on TCK. Again, you can tell the guys that they feel are just comfortable smoking as hard as they possibly can, and TCK is just the young guy that they don't feel bad about just brutalizing. Uh, TCK and Justice Payne are brawling on top of a table, and then Justice Payne sort of thrown off when Gage out of nowhere tackles TCK through the table off the top rope. I thought that looked really cool, actually. Yeah, it was a lot of nice moments. I mean, this should have been the... You could just chop off literally like the first nine minute or like just have this be the match, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, these, <coughs> are, the, these are all over guys for whatever over means in CCW. <laughs> and they all have chemistry together and are clearly working at it. 
Like, the, the two previous teams could have been in a shitty match of their own, and it would have been fine. At you know? the start, maybe, when they were just due to we'd never seen before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Justice Payne and Gage all of a sudden get in a pushing match because they didn't like how that last spot went. And then Justice Payne pushes Gage, who turns around and hits a top rope chair shot to the head from Lobo. He had the benefit of coming off the top rope with the chair. Yeah. Just a concussion and a half (laughs) for poor Nick Gage. And then Lobo goes for the pin right in front of Justice Payne. And Justice Payne, instead of breaking it up, just bails out of the ring and allows Lobo and TCK to get the pin. So new tag team champions at 13 minutes, 38 seconds, TCK and Lobo. See, that's a betrayal that I like. That of like, not like um, in terms of execution. Instead of like, oh, and then he doesn't move on Nick Gage. Like he just leaves. That's a cool way to do a betrayal. Of just like, yeah, fuck it. See you later, I guess. Well, and they were, yeah, they had strife right before. And yeah. Technically, Justice Payne pushed him into the move, and then he's like, well, fuck it. I can't even. I liked it too, yeah. to be honest. And I mean, Justice Payne Nick Gage is probably a good match, I imagine, in yeah. the future. Well, like, yeah, brothers, right? As well, there's, there's, all, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And then, <coughs> as, as TZK and Lobo actually hug to celebrate, the camera just sort of goes over to the left, and a shirtless Zandy <laughs> is there at, si- at the side of the ring. And then he gets in the microphone, and he's like, hey, come on, that was great. Let's hear it for Nick Gage, <laughs> who happens to be in the ring. And Nick Gage takes the mic, and he's like, no, that wasn't good enough. Let's hear it for Nick fucking Gage. Gets his own big pop again. Is that the is, is that the official start of Nick fucking Gage? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we've just we've just witnessed it because I don't remember him saying that before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, maybe that's now you have to use his full name. Yeah, once he demands applause, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But then Zandig takes us home with a promo, and he he makes sure to tell the kids, hey, by the way, don't try this at home because we are professionals, we're trained. All you backyarders who are looking <laughs> to get into CZW. Or to go to go to bed sleeping at night about being with us. You show up trained, and you can do it. <laughs> That's like, an insane what? way to frame it. It's <laughs> like all you have to do is this in your backyard and just come to my house, and then you can do it for us. Like that's so. No, he's saying yeah, train. You, yeah, you need the professional training. You can't just be a backyarder. But if you come to my house, I w- I'll train you. I will train you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, it's, and, and he makes sure to say we do this for a living. He's like, we're not. We're not these uh, untrained, you know, backyarders. I'm like, who's making a living from CZW, like, legally? Yeah, and also, we've seen... A, there's, like, three of you who are in decent shape. But the rest of you are not training professionally. Like, I don't want to rag on them too much in, the, like, in that regard because, like, they're, they're putting themselves in the line. But, like, yeah, this is just absurd. This is, like, like super back covery from Zandig, like, in terms of the article, I guess, just to be like, no, we've got to say this now because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to get it done. Well, it's it's delusional. It's like like ECW were legitimately changing the landscape of wrestling at this time, but they weren't holding themselves like, oh, we're professional wrestlers. We're the ones that kids should be looking up to and stuff like that. They're like, no, we're counterculture. We're sort of misfits that are like changing shit because they didn't want us. Where CCW is treating it like, no, those other companies don't exist. We're the WWF, and any wrestler would be lucky to work their way into our roster. Yeah. It's just not the case. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's the wrong way to lean. Like, you don't lean into it like that. Like, you do, you know, when bands have crap come out about them and stuff like that, you'd lean into, like, offering more of what your fans want. You don't be like, well, actually, no, we're, you know, the, the article's kind of right, actually, so we need to say we're professional, we're trained, and all this. It's like, no, just be gnarly dude like you set a, you literally almost set a man on fire recently <laughs> like what are you talking about yeah exactly uh but overall i i would say just such a a noteworthy show there was so much weirdness going on in this one uh what's your overall rating out of seven i think i've got to give it a two again i just think the ending segment with zandig is like maybe one of my favorite things from wrestling that i've ever seen <laughs> like like genuinely no joke it is the funniest one of the if you can try and watch it somehow just watch it because it is absurd but it is incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a great one i i give it a 1.5 out of 7 because it veered back into territory of so bad it's good as opposed to so bad i can't believe i'm watching this garbage uh, the new venue did a lot to freshen it up, but the production's still unforgivably bad. Seeing a guy have to wipe the lens every half hour <laughs> yeah. is just ridiculous. Uh, and it's it, and also, we didn't say this the whole show, but this show was two and a half hours. Uh, and you can really feel that last half hour. Yeah. Without that pro- like without the promo, it would probably be 
the set 1.5 like but it's just that I, I have to give it a two i have to put it at a two for that hey fair enough we still haven't broken that two barrier but who knows maybe next week's cage of death will be the one to do it let's see uh before we get out of here uh i am at jordan ducharme on twitter on instagram please give me a follow and yourself ben i am at pink hoverboard and, on uh, instagram thank you so much for listening everyone we'll be right back with you next week